Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the Roots and Roots show with your host, Greg Rashid, bringing you history and music from the Black American diaspora. Greg and his guest's goal is to root the show's information in your psyche, providing you the roots to expand knowledge within your community. Now, here's your host, Greg Rashid. Well, I want to say good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you're listening to the program. This is Greg Rashid with another edition of the Root and Root Show, where we talk about issues involving all aspects of the African-American community all over the world, the African community, the black community, everywhere. We talk about race. We talk about a little bit of everything on here with all of you folks that have been listening over the years. And I want to thank everyone that listens, not only in the U.S., but also we got fans out there in Britain, in Canada, in Thailand, uh, Korea, South Korea. Because I look on my little map and I see all these little dots there. I say, wow, that's something. And I'm always excited about that. And I'm just happy, you know, for those folks that listen, because a lot of those folks don't listen live. The majority of folks listen at their convenience. But there are some folks who listen every Sunday at 3 p.m. Mountain Time on KUHS. Denver.com, created by the one and only, the great Henry Archuleta. And I want to say hi to all my friends out there in Colorado. Hope I was going to be there this year, but because of the pandemic, I, you know, once everything's all right, I'm out of the country. But anyway, hope everyone's doing great there. And I am just excited about my guest today and the subject matter, because some of you have been following me over the years on my various shows of in different radio stations, be it in Colorado, be it in D.C., Nebraska, you know, we're in Thailand. You know, eventually I will talk about hockey, and probably the lone wolf out there as far as African-American male talking about hockey off and on. And I was so excited when I got my latest issue of Hockey News Magazine. And, yes, I'm a subscriber of Hockey News Magazine, probably the only black man subscribes to it. But I saw an article in a little brief thing about Black Girls Hockey Club. I said, oh, man, I got to have a representative on here to talk about that. And I am fortunate and honored to have on the program, and I hope she's on the line, Dr. Tanisha Singleton. She's a media psychologist, and she's one of the board members of Black Girl Hockey Club. Are you there, uh, Dr. Singleton? Yes, I am. Thank you, Greg, for having me. Thank you so much for coming on because I am really I just love what you know what you're doing. I wish maybe I should create one. I should create a black men black men hockey club because it's not out do there. Do it. That's what I'm <laughs> That's why we're here. We're doing this. You yeah. know, we have to That's make sure it because, that we have yeah the space for ourselves. And it's funny because three years ago I had Clifton Yates on here. He writes for the Washington Post, and he wrote mm-hmm. an article about why black folks are like hockey, by why he loves it. And we just commemorated on the fact that, yeah, we are probably one of the few folks out there that love hockey that are, are black, but there are a lot of us that do, as you Absolutely. know. And just, and just tell me, uh, Dr. Singleton, how did this come about? How did you, you know, how was it founded, the purpose, the goal in particular? I want you also to talk about, as you're talking about that, this program you have, I believe it's called Something uncomfortable. Let me make sure I get, get the facts right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah, get uncomfortable. Talk about that campaign in particular. But, yeah, tell us how it started. For sure. And I think you prefaced it perfectly in even describing your own fandom and affiliation to hockey and that with, you know, uh, Clifton as well because you already feel awkward, right? Even just within yourself and your own relationship that you have to it because you know that there is, you know, we all feel in black culture there is this, you know, this apprehension of, of, what, of being a fan of hockey because the culture of hockey is synonymous with a lot of other things that are toxic and just hasn't ever been affiliated with black or African culture at all. Uh, yeah, also, so I have to, I have to say this, that the, um, something I didn't include. I've been following hockey. I'm 67 years old. I've been following hockey since I was in elementary school in the 60s. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I used that's... to, you know, I used to be crazy. I used to be crazy about. I didn't know. I didn't understand the game at the time. But I would be like, mm-hmm. you know, in the, you know, like eight years old, looking on Sunday mm-hmm. afternoons in the winter at hockey and looking at the Boston Bruins, Detroit Red Wings, mm-hmm. and I really liked um, Phil Exposito. I didn't know really what was going on, but I thought it was very sure. Exciting. As I always tell folks, of all the team sports in person, hockey is probably the the most exciting. It's really just amazing to see in person of all no the doubt. team sports, in my opinion. No, but I go a long no, ways as, as far as hockey. And I, you know, I knew about Willie O'Ree. Mm-hmm. A lot of, and, I, and I'm learning more and more that even now, even though I've mentioned his name on this show a number of times, I'm hoping, you know, he just put out a new, his autobiography came out late last year hoping to get him on the program at some point. Right. But there are still folks, you know, that don't know in our community that don't know that he is basically the Jackie Robinson of the NHL. That he was, you know, go right here. Yeah, I was going to say absolutely. And that's a part of why Black Girl Hockey Club exists. And it's found, it was founded by Renee Hess, our founder and executive director, um, wonderful, beautiful black woman from Riverside, California, same town where I grew up in. And I believe she was traveling in Dallas somewhere and wanted to go see a stars game and went on Twitter and was just like, Hey, any other like black folks want to watch some hockey together? And out of nowhere, an influx of comments came to her like, yes, please. Where? Oh my God. Like, I want to come to Philly. Oh my God. I want to see anybody in Washington, anybody in Denver, anybody, you know? And so after seeing how much, the abundance and and like just mass response of so many other black and brown folks, women particularly that wanted to watch hockey, but just never felt like they had a a fellow to watch it with. She was like, Hmm. So it really became one of those for us by us initiatives, wherein she found this is the end of 2018. So now fast forward, Black Girl Hockey Club, nonprofit organization that focuses on making hockey more inclusive and welcoming for Black women, our families, uh, and our allies, and our, our just our folks. We want to make a space that is, you know, that is that is welcoming, that is not toxic, and we're trying to correct the the toxic narrative that is traditionally associated with that of hockey culture. And I grew up, you know, a fan of everything. And I agree. Hockey live, there's nothing like it. It is the best damn sport live. It's so much fun. It is. But 
I could tell you, you know, dozens of times that I have have been glared at, yelled at, called all the negative things in the world, in addition to many of the other people that are in our community and, and that are, you know, following Black Girl Hockey Club. And so what we've done is, well, prior to the pandemic, we would have meetups and tailgates and watch parties, contact the uh, the clubs themselves and get affiliated and then try and push them at all levels to start to tell right. the stories of black history in hockey. Because like you said, we exist, we do everything. Right. And it doesn't start with just Willie O'Ree. We go back to the exactly. 19th century so in good. Nova Scotia, black hockey teams. And folks are shocked when I tell them this. Our culture is rich in this. And these are stories that have been submerged and have been just dismissed, not celebrated. And even if it's not from, I think one of the big important parts, too, of what Black Girl Hockey Club is trying to to raise awareness in is that we need to do work on and off the ice. So it's not necessarily even just player perspective absolutely in terms of representation that is a big priority but also in administration marketing coaching um, color commentary journalists all aspects of the game on and off the ice we are looking to correct the toxicity that's been affiliated with hockey and really just try and encourage young folks that it's cool to be a hockey fan. It's cool to play hockey, right? Because we know there's so much, there's so much, there's so many, there's already enough obstacles as it is, right? And so we know the financial barrier is one. We know the lack of resources is one. Um, and so, and sometimes just not even having a community, not having, not feeling like there's somebody else that you can watch it with that's not going to judge you or look at you sideways and stuff. So we're really a group of advocates you know, black women in hockey who are looking to make a difference through education and representation and community building. And that's so great. And listeners, you can join in the conversation. The number is 563-999-3479-563-999-3479. I'm talking to Dr. Tanisha Singleton, one of the board members and just a lover of Black Girls Hockey Club. And I know there are a number of women out there listening. I know there are a number of black folks that are listening who have questions, who still, every time I do a hockey show, they already have, yeah. they always have questions about me, but they always want to wait until after my shows and talk to me <laughs> offline because they're a little timid about it. But, yeah, you can call in here. Don't be afraid, 563-999-3479. Now, I have to tell you this, uh, Dr. Singleton, one thing about mm-hmm. me is that, I had the advantage to cover, because I covered sports and also music in Colorado for a number of years, over 20 years, and I was covering for a number of radio stations and a newspaper, a black newspaper there for a while, the Colorado Avalanche. So I Uh had the opportunity to see 80-some games a year. I mean, sorry, 40-some games a year. Right. You know, and, and I never... I can say honestly, I never ran into that problem like, what you doing here? Yeah, never ran into that in the press box or anywhere. You know, never had that, but I've had friends that would question, why are you covering that? Why are you doing it? Hockey? You know, ain't that the white man's game? <laughs> you 
am I, am I mm-hmm. right? It's always well. Well, you think uh, you think LeBron uh, created basketball. I think every sport was created somebody white that you love. It, you know, and it's a lot of us that are in. It's not millions of us, but there are a lot of us who love hockey and who are in the mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. You know, and when I start listing names of people, you know, it's like people are shocked. Getting back to Willie yeah. O'Ree, getting back to hockey in Canada at the turn of the 20th century. They're just amazed. So, you know, mm-hmm. so just great that you are part of this organization. Now, tell us a little more about it. Sure, because I think representation matters so much, right? And that's something that people have been echoing, you know, uh, since the pandemic and and all of the, you know, civil civil rights and social issues have, like that have been resurged over the last, you know, the last year or so. And I right. think it's interesting because even it almost took the absence of sport for people to realize just how essential it is. And when we started right. having these new conversations again, um, and there is, there's something about representation though, that just matters. I mean, we saw that in this election, right. With our vice president now. So it matters across the board. And I think one reason why other generations or, and other demographics will say, well, no, that's the white man's board stuff, right? Like, my parents were born in the 40s. My mom's 75 years old, and to this day, she's like, you still doing that black girl hockey club stuff? Like, they watching yet? Like, what's the deal? <laughs> <laughs> like, and that's how she talks. And I'm like, yes, mother. Like, we, we, I, I still watch out. Yes, we do. We are here. Yep. And it's because she grew up never knowing that black people yeah. even wanted to watch hockey because there wasn't anybody that looked like us on the ice or even holding a microphone or even writing about it. And she's from Selma, Alabama. Right. And so right. that just, that generational narrative is just carried in, in us. So we have to do the work too in trying to help correct that. Oh, it's the white man's sport. No, it ain't. These don't belong to anyone. We can do whatever we want to do. I grew up a ridiculous pro wrestling fan. I watch boxing. I have MMA on in the background right now. I watch everything. And I grew up in a beautiful household that encouraged my individuality, and they allowed me to love whatever I love. They're like, yeah, she's just whack. She likes wrestling and everything. That's my kid. And they love me and support me and still to this day for it. And so I think we internally in our communities have to encourage our kids to be able to embrace what they want to embrace and right. force our programs in our own communities to allow that, create the infrastructure for that, implement the types of community involvement and civic engagement to start to create programs, youth programs, and for not only playing, but covering it, marketing, photography, video. I mean, we, we carry everything. everything in our pocket right now. So there's no excuse. That's it. And I, and I, you know, just like you, I had a type of family that they would kind of look at me, and I'm looking at the black and white television <laughs> back in the 60s, looking at hockey, like, okay, I know this. It's better than looking at um, mm-hmm. some crime show or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. or getting in trouble, so, you know, let them look at it. So, like, you know, but, you know, it's the thing is, like, we have to, you know, we're in this world, and we have the opportunity to do anything we want. We shouldn't limit ourselves. Yeah. Yes. You know, if you just want to, you know, if you don't, you're not interested in hockey or anything, you're not, a gun is not being put to you. Don't 
be negative to someone who is interested in something that's different than you. Amen. I mean, that's the worst thing you do to a child. And we, yeah, and that's something that I've, I've seen before. And, you know, I bartended in L.A. for like a dozen years. And when I would put, you know, a Kings game on or something, black and white folks would be like, oh, why, what are you doing watching hockey? Like, turn put on the clipper, whatever. They, so even, you know, right. as an adult and stuff. And so I would, because of the way my family raised me, and I can, you know, correct them and just, you know, shut up, blah, 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 I can watch whatever the hell I want kind of thing. And they're like, okay, right. okay. And, but for someone else who may not have, you know, that confident or level of esteem or could succumb to social pressures and constructs, hey, then they could feel bad. And that esteem goes internal and makes you start to feel bad and feel weird about the things that you actually want to like. And we don't like that. We're all about uplifting and loving ourselves and providing solidarity for others who, hey, you like hockey? Cool. Let's have a watch party. Yeah. Let's do this together. And so in, in the wake of the pandemic and stuff, we've obviously gone pretty uh, virtual and digital and stuff. And we hope in the future, you know, when it's safe to and everything, get back out there and going, you know, keeping the our foot on the pedestal for this momentum that we've created. Because I'll tell you, the last meetup that I was able to attend just had to be, yeah, November 2019. And the Golden Knights were in L.A., and I showed up at about 10 a.m. for pregame stuff. And I never met Renee. I never met anyone from the club yet. I was only going on oh, Twitter. Really? And then I saw, yeah. And I saw, I went on Twitter and I saw Black O Hockey Club. And I was like, hold up. What? Like, kind of like you when you saw it in the, the Colorado paper. You were like, huh? What is this typo? So I had the same reaction. So I was like, I got to see this for myself. This is somebody's trolling me. And I show up at Staples Center at 10 a.m. Saturday, right, you know, hours before this game, we try to tailgate, and I walk up to where all the statues are at Staples, and I see already about 50 people deep, black, white, Hispanics, Asian, Indian, handicapped, short, blind, veteran, gay, straight, trans, children, babies, grandparents, and it was the most, all wearing Black Girl Hockey Club stuff, it was the most wow. diverse collection of people I had ever seen, let alone at a hockey event, okay? I mean, I ain't seen a group like that at a park, let alone, you know, cheering, like getting ready, you know, pre-drinking to go see a damn hockey game. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, I'm in. Who's Renee? Where? Here's my number. I need to do all the things and work with you. And following, and then next year, it was 2020, and I joined the board of directors, and fast forward, here we are. And the amount of, yeah, it was, it's just seeing that, that collection of people who now I am so blessed to be able to call my dear friends and the pandemic happened and all of that. And the, you know, horrible crimes, you know, Breonna Taylor, the murders and everything that's happened, we, we needed to be here for ourselves. And so we created this get uncomfortable campaign, which you mentioned earlier, and it's very much founded, you know, it's underneath our umbrella of get a, a Black Girl Hockey Club, but this campaign specifically is we're holding everybody in hockey on and off the ice accountable, and we want yeah. everyone to take this pledge to disrupt racism, to disrupt police brutality, to make sure that everyone in and around hockey is, is safe and feels safe 
And so we've been calling out players, fans, media members, sponsors, don't matter. Take this pledge. And if you don't know what to do, that's fine. That's, but ask for help. Right. That's it. That's, no one's going to know what to do, right? Because what needs to happen in Detroit is going to look a hell of a lot different than that of Pensacola or in Winnipeg. So we can't think that there's going to be a copy and paste answer. What we want to do is have conversations and open these dialogues with everyone to help you figure out how you can create sustainable change in your own community because it will look very different from Iowa to Kenya to Vegas, et cetera. And that's, you know, part of our campaign. And we've been following, we have almost 5,000 signatures right now. And we started this in October of last year. So about five months deep, we got just under 5K. And we're making people match their values to action. Don't just put BLM in your headline for the clout. Like, I'll call you out. Like, where are your receipts? You support Black Lives Matter? How? Show me. Show me that you value diversity and inclusion. Don't just say it. Like, be about it right now, right? Like, that's that's what we need to force people to do. And that's 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 great because you know, and I got to give credit HL because they of all the sports outside of the NBA as far as professional sports mm-hmm. that are that are male dominated. I know WNBA mm-hmm. is perfect as far as what they're doing as far as diversity. Oh hell yeah! But but the uh, NHL said again. I read the hockey news magazine. I've been reading it for a number of years, and I've noticed how they give more than just lip service as far as diversity. I give them a mm-hmm. lot of credit, more so than the NFL, where I hear a lot of lip service. Now, that's all. <laughs> you know, oh, God, we can do a whole show. I've done yeah. shows on it. Or, yeah. um, or, or Major League Baseball, a lot of lip service. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, we're doing this. They're not doing that today. But the I'll UFC give, you know, I'll give. No, no, they're not, no. You know, but I will give them credit, the NHL. They are at least are doing things. I mean, they have, um, I think, so what's his name? Kim um, Davis. The Kim, Kim Davis. She's in the, she's what, head of marketing? Or she, what is she in the front office? Social change and Social diversity, change, like it. DEI. Yeah. You know, which yeah, they didn't it, have it, a it number takes of years a lot. ago. Yeah. Right. And I think, you know, implementing her in that role is a giant leap in the right direction. And it's none of these things that need to happen is a flip of a switch. Um, A lot of these things have to be seeds that are planted and continue to grow and are managed internally within each club and community. Right. Because there's the the metrics on how to measure success for things like this are going to have to be very, very specific. And I think because we're dealing with behavioral change and cognitive change, right? We want to, it's kind of hard. It's it's weird. We're in this back to basic stuff. Like not only, Hey, wash your hands, but it's also like, Hey, don't be racist. (laughs) How about that? Let's go back there. And so it's re- wiring how people think sometimes because if if you got all the hockey stakeholders in a room and I walked in and was like all right look do you think hockey is is perfect the way it is right now if everybody said yes I would just leave because there's nothing I can do about that you can't fix stupid or make somebody believe something that you know if if they don't think one plus one is two well okay well I'm out like I'm not going I can't 
We can't fix right. that or correct that. If evidence is not enough, if science is not enough, then it's like, well, I don't know what to do. But the only thing we can do is be louder. And so if I asked that same question and they said, yes, it can be better, then I'll sit down and say, all right, let's talk. Let's work. How can it look better? How can, I, how can we start to fix, you know, people like, like calling us the N-word or whatever, flipping cups, which I have had happen to be in Los Angeles of all damn places. It's so damn diverse. It's like you go outside and you're on Figueroa. It's like, really? At the Kings game? I can't get it. And it's not. I mean, don't surprise me, but event, like, I want to make sure. Man, I tell you. Yeah. Kings game. And at that same event that I first met up with everyone in person, we all had on different Black Girl Hockey Club shirts, beanies, hats, scarves, whatever. And we're all right. sitting in a section together. And in between periods, we got kids to go on the Zambonis, like in between stuff. And like, we got to meet Luke Robitaille before the eye and blah, 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 like just hanging out and stuff. And people when I'm going to get a beer in the concession or whatever, and people are like, huh, what is that? And we're like, oh, yeah, Black and Black. Yeah, we're all here, blah, blah, And so many were like, oh, that's so cool. Give me an email. What's your Twitter handle? Whatever. Great. And then there are others in the seats where that would just give us the snake eyes, right? Like, really? What's, what if I made a white girl hockey club? And I was like, yeah, you're wearing yeah. it. It's a king's yeah. jersey. That's right. <laughs> you wear it every day. You come to a game. Already, come on now. Yeah. It's called. It's the whole, you know, BET debate, you know, the whole thing. And so it's yeah. it's fixing things like that. It's fixing why kids don't feel like they can openly like hockey or feel like they want to play. And so between this get uncomfortable campaign, where with the damn near five thousand signatures that we have, I'm on this committee as well and really creating actionable items so that people can actually feel like, okay, what can I do? What do those things look like, right? And we have those tenants under three pillars, which are encourage, educate, and employ. And so starting oh, with those three, those three E's, we can start to lead discussions about what can those actions look like to match that value, right, of inclusion, of, in, of uh, inclusivity, and to disrupt right. racism. And so many of the clubs uh, have, have taken the pledge. We've had Bauer Hockey actually produce some beautiful Willie O'Ree skates where um, several players uh, from this month were wearing them and going to be auctioned off. Uh, the Seattle oh, so Kraken is fantastic. That. I saw those yeah. skates. So you did that. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Certainly partners with that, them. That, that yeah. skate, but I really was impressed with that. It's like, man, I didn't beautiful. know that. Yeah, wow. and the Seattle Kraken has been fantastic as well, and in my opinion, leading the charge. Um, yeah, the Kraken, of, of fan engagement. Really, they're, not, they're not even here yet. They're, they're still expansive. I mean, yeah. They are they really working hard. Yes, and I got to give some they credit produce. to, yeah, I got to give some credit yeah, they, also to the Kings because they got um, Blake yeah, Bolden Blake. on the team as far as a scout. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's an important She's thing. fantastic in working with us. And some of you, I know some of you listeners, they say Blake Bolton. They probably say, well, what are they talking about? Who's Blake Bolton? More on one of the greatest, not women hockey players, hockey players, period. period. Her slap shot. And then look at someone like Gretzky. Or look at, you know, look at anyone that's out there now, uh, Ovechkin or, or Crosby. Mm-hmm. I would match her with any of them. 
but she's now a scout with the L.A. Kings, amazing person. And I want y'all, I want you to Google you folks out there because I know you never heard of Blake Bolden. I know you haven't. You know, maybe <laughs> somebody has that's listening to Canada, but I know a lot of folks mm-hmm. that listen to my show is like, who? Who? You know, does she say? It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so, yeah, learn learn some more. But I want to ask you, um, Dr. S- uh, Singleton, how has uh, the commissioner, uh, Gary Bettman, responded to all this for the NHL? Yeah, you know, I know he's been working a lot with Kim Davis, who we mentioned earlier, um, and trying to create, you know, some diversity initiatives and things like that. But we, nothing, no, it's nothing perfect yet. And right. there have been, it's, it's interesting because comparatively to like the NBA and the WNBA, the, we've only seen a handful of, individual teams, you know, get behind the response and making, you know, explicit statements of like, yes, this is, we support disrupting racism. We support making hockey more inclusive. Yes. We stand with black girl hockey club because I don't know why anyone wouldn't. <laughs> it's like, right. why? So you don't. Yeah, I mean, it's common sense, but, we, but, you know, but you know, Dr. Singleton, we don't know why a lot of things that are done exactly. to our race is done. You're <laughs> I mean, right. Common sense, yeah. but hey, Common you're not sense. dealing with this. You're right. Yeah, and so I understand the tough position that it is for any commissioner of the league that you know is in charge of owners, investors, and the multitude of stakeholders that are involved. And it, it's hard because when each is allowed to have their own voice, there needs to be one uniform body, though, and one unified voice. Right. And I haven't seen that be represented anywhere except NBA and the WNBA to such a clear conscious and consistent effort um but it's it's interesting though because players i am all about player empowerment and athlete voice like i will walk out of a room if i hear a shut up and dribble a shut up and skate it drives me insane you know sports it's the microcosm of culture and they are people first and foremost And so we can't, even as fans and wanting to have some escapism and wanting to watch a game as a distraction, it's so selfish, though, to want to have all of the time and just to have them not be able to have their own platform or use it for their own voice. It's like, okay, you have a three-hour game. You're not going to allow them, what, five minutes before and after to be able to say what they stand for? Like, miss me with that. It's insane. Like, we can't be that selfish. So players – I remember, you know, last before the, the bubble and stuff, and Ryan Reed, I live in Las Vegas now. So Ryan was very, very vocal, and I love seeing that. And we need to see more of it right. because I think until we get louder, like I said, because we can't correct and the stupid or understand why certain things just aren't common sense. I mean, it's why the word insane exists. Some things aren't meant to be comprehended. <laughs> And so when That's right. we just have to be louder, we just, the good has to outweigh the bad. And as long as we are, we call out, we see something, we say something. If we call out injustices and we force people to be accountable, then finally maybe we can start to see some change that will grow into something sustainable that all generations can now benefit from because hockey's fun. Like, let's just have fun again. Why can't we have fun? Like, it's so hard that we, I wish we could just talk about stat lines and box scores, but unfortunately we can't because they won't let us. 
We have to be able you know, and, and no to matter what you when I have to say honestly, Dr. Singleton, on the show I've had over the years, no matter what I talk about when it comes to sports, it's going to come down to politics. Absolutely. It's going to eventually come down to that. And I've had some mm-hmm. white folks get mad at me when I've had shows about the Negro Leagues, Negro League Baseball. Yeah. And I have said many times, I'll say it right now, that the Negro Leagues was political. And I've had people jump on me, white folks. They say, oh, no, it wasn't political. It's like, why wasn't it? It was created because of the Jim Crow system. That's politics. Mm-hmm. You know, and people don't want to hear that. And that's where you get into the silly, you know, shut up and skate, shut up and hit the ball. Right. Dribble. You get into those yeah. types of things. Or, or a conversation, that before I got on the air and I said, I'm not going to jump in this conversation now online. But someone was making a comment about race and, you know, during, in fact, it was about the Negro Leagues. They were saying, well, that was a different time. And people thought a different way. You know, and they, you know that, that person, mm. they were talking about Babe Ruth, and he did something that was a, had a racial incident. They said, well, he was a man of his time. And oh, I hear God. that so much. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know. You know how it is. Mm-hmm. You know, and listeners, you can join the conversation, by the way. I'm talking to Dr. Tanisha Singleton, and she's part of Black Girls Hockey Club. The number here is 563 999 3479, 563 999 3479. I'm curious, uh, Dr. Singleton, um, as far as um, are you doing also anything as far as the junior hockey? I mean, the minor league, mm-hmm. that's, that's where a lot of the black players run into most of their problems. That's when they oh, really yeah. get it. Oh, Prior yeah, to the 100%. pandemic in these arenas. Oh, sure. God. Sure. Yeah. And it's, that is one of the bigger, bigger parts of our scholarship program. And our scholarship program, while it's for 9 to 18-year-old girls, and we give them away – three times a year, fall, winter, and spring, from 500 to $5,000 to help offset travel costs, equipment, uh, you know, like tournament fees, whatever. Right. Um, because we know it's, this is the most expensive sport to play, and we know that those financial barriers are just an added-on obstacle that can discourage, you know, uh, maybe not a kid from wanting to play, but a parent from not just simply allowing it. Like, they can't afford it. So, we give these scholarships away to the youth to, in order to, to help offset those costs. But then also we're starting a mentorship program, and that's going to be for all ages. And not even just for playing, but also if you want to study journalism, marketing, administration, oh, coaching, for all aspects of the game. Because I loved hockey as a kid because, you know, seeing it live is just so much fun, but I am the worst skater on the planet. So no, I am. I, no, I am. You, no, I am. We'll battle. No, I, 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 you know, I skated and I was doing well. <laughs> I fell and hurt and it broke my, not broke my hand, but I sprained my left wrist. I said, that's mm-hmm. it. Never got on yeah, skates again. So that's it. That's it. <laughs> I bruised my tailbone at like 13. I was like, I'm out. And I just yeah. continued to play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm good. <laughs> like, and just box and do all that stuff. I was like, yeah, I'm good. But it's, but I still like watching, though. And I still want oh, to yeah. be a part of sports communication. So our mentorship program is we are really using this to try and help encourage black boys and girls 
that want to help we want to help them get involved with hockey at all levels. So whether it's playing, covering, uh, anything like that. And Front office, because anything. we understand yeah, anything. anything, because we know that even in the minor leagues and in college, we've seen some stuff. And I, I, I don't know if you've seen the recent players tribune from Soroya Tinker. Well, she oh, yeah. wrote, yeah, the most, authentic, raw, emotional piece um, titled Why Black Girl Hockey Club Matters because she, uh, you know, she's a rookie on the Metropolitan Riveters right now, and she details, she played at Yale, and she details a lot of the, you know, shut up, you stupid in, and from not only in college, minors, but even, you know, as she's 12, things like that, and just feeling Yeah, and she was getting the whole thing. Right, and being ostracized also because she was mixed, mixed race. Exactly. That was getting to yeah. I mean, all of this was Absolutely. going on with her. Absolutely. Female, mixed, black, hockey. We've got four levels right there of social constructs that, <laughs> you know, are just have just negative uh, tropes and narratives within them that uh, she's – all inspiring to me to even continue to play. And she's one of our mentors that we, um, we just announced who our uh, winter um, scholarship awardees are. We give them seven away, including one young lady in Kenya. And we have linked. Yeah. We've linked Sid Kidner. We've linked Roy Tinker and some other, uh, you know, Blake Bolden, like other fantastic representatives um, in and around hockey. Uh, to be mentors to these young women because we know the we've got a lot of work to do when it comes to making this a a, a community that is more welcoming to try and eradicate the the history that you know that you and I both know and I'm sure many of your listeners right. do as well. Oh yes, and it's, and I'm just so proud of what you're doing because and getting back to I have to say this about baseball, they talk mm-hmm. about their RBI program. Well, I personally talked to someone in. Colorado about the RBI program. I've talked to other folks outside of that region and all, and that RBI program is not doing the job in the inner city. Mm. It's all lip service again. And I can just tell what you're doing, your passion and all that, you know, you're serious. This is real, you know, this is like, oh, it's a fad, you know, the hot thing is, you know, let's do it now during BLM movement, let's do it right now. Mm -hmm. This is the real deal. You know, you not folks going are serious. I, I'm just, yeah, <laughs> I got to commend you because there are so many folks I have run into trying to help, you know, trying to get our youth and our adults, our youth into some program just running, mm-hmm. not scams, but they just, they don't really know what they're doing. Yeah. They don't want to know what they're doing. And, yeah. And it's not to say I have all the right answers or all of us have the right answers, but we have to start by asking the right questions. Right, and if that's we can ask day. the right question, that is huge. That's the start of everything, and that's where we can help you, and that's where we can start. And with my background in media psychology and sports entertainment, marketing management, with our whole board is across the the continent. We're all in North America, Toronto, um, you know, in Canada, and also in, in the United States here. So between all of us. We'll find the resources. We'll help find, oh, yeah. you know, what needs to happen in any specific community because we talked about how it's not a copy and paste solution. But 
creating and on like curating and creating these ongoing resources and solutions to help. And even if it's just amplifying this message and, and we're, we called it get uncomfortable because we know that that is what is literally going to have to happen to a lot of people to start to help them become more aware of how to look it's at things outside way. of your own purview. Yeah. It's the only way. It's the only way. And it's, you know, we had a, when we awarded our scholarship winner in Kenya, you know, I got up at like 5 a.m., you know, here in Pacific time, and Renee did as well, and to speak with Hanan, the, our scholarship awardee, and her mother, Mama Hanan, in Kenya, so because it was like in the afternoon over there, and seeing her, you know, I get up like, like <laughs> drugging coffee, like, wow, I get a log <laughs> on the computer, and when I see her bright face, and she's wow, bouncing man. up and down, holding her skate because she was about to go to practice and seeing her mother. And they panned the FaceTime camera. And she's like, this is our, you know, the ice rink was closed with COVID, but they were outdoor rollerblading. And then all these beautiful kids, boys and girls, ran up to the camera just waving. Couldn't speak any English, but just saw us wearing black old hockey club stuff, and they yeah. saw faces that looked like them. I, you know, we all cry every turn we do this and give away scholarships because this is our why. They are our why. They are why we do this. When I see that little girl and, and all of them every three months, when we see the difference that it makes and the parent just says to us, thank you, because other than them, nobody else is telling them what they liked was okay. And it's wow. it's warming. It's so warm it and is. fulfilling, and they are our why. They really are. That's it. Now, again, mm-hmm. Dr. Singleton, tell them the country. I know what the country is. Tell them again. I want my listeners to hear what country you're talking about. Kenya. <laughs> the ice hockey club in Kenya, Africa. Hockey is everywhere. It does not belong to white folks. It doesn't belong to anyone. Anyone can pick up this game. We can do anything. I'm talking hundreds of black people in Kenya, Africans in Kenya playing hockey, Senegal playing hockey, South Africa playing hockey. This is a worldwide endeavor. Black O Hockey Club is worldwide. We have a presence everywhere, and I can't wait until we get this sweet medicine so that I can get over there and hug these kids in person because seeing right. them, they're our wives. We, we do this. That's it? We do everything. Mm-hmm. That, that is, that's, that's incredible. That's, that is a wonderful story. Now, I know there's someone listening right now saying, oh, man, I'm really inspired, but what can I do? Mm-hmm. What can I do to help? Mm-hmm. And what do you say to that, Dr. Singleton? The first thing you can do is get in touch with us and take our pledge. Take the Get Uncomfortable pledge. If you go to blackgirlhockeyclub.org, you will see a link to our pledge. Just under 5,000 have taken it now. By taking that pledge, you are saying that you will work with us in disrupting racism on and off the ice to make hockey welcoming for everyone. At that point, you'll be in touch, you'll be in our newsletter, and I am helping and running the communication efforts of contacting all of those 5,000-plus people that are going to be taking this pledge and communicating with you on tips on things to do. We're creating educational resources. 
We're creating extra guides on how to have conversations about this, whether you're an executive, a coach, or a parent. We're creating guides to help under those three E's that encourage, employ, and educate. Because it's going to look different for everyone, right? And even if at your own, yeah, and in your own community, at your own level, look at what you have access to. Like, we cannot, like, we can, it's hard to be doe-eyed and think like, you know, okay, I'm going to take down Facebook, or I'm going to take over the world, or things like that, right? But if we think just smaller, just what do I have access to? What am I privy to? Oh, well, here's a community center over here. Maybe I can just start to gather some, or help get kids together so that we can just play. Or maybe we can have a right. Twitch watch party and just watch a game and talk while we're watching it. Or maybe I'm in charge of an internship program and I need some folks to start, you know, writing journal, like writing articles and copy about a game. Maybe I can hire a young black person for photography, videography, writing. Maybe I can, Anything. I know somebody that's yeah. looking for models for, maybe I can do this. So whatever you have resource and access to, start to think, how can you start to engage with the BIPOC community? How can you get black girls involved? Just think of internally what you have access to in your community. And it's just, like we said, there's been clubs, minor and professional, contacting us. Just, we want to help. What can we do? I get on the call with them and Renee and others in our, in our board. Let's talk. And we figure it out because it is a case-by-case basis. But at an individual level, and if we don't, you know, if you don't have, don't work for a team, don't work for a brand, you're just, and we can't just say just because that's belittling and dilutes the value that an individual can have. Your voice matters. So even correcting the, if you see someone say like, oh, that's why are you watching a white man's sport? Correct them. That's one thing you can do. Start immediately. Don't put, don't 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 go grumbling away and talking to someone else about it later. Do it immediately. Immediately. Say, and say also, something. You know, say correct something. someone if they say a joke because the other thing you talk about is like, you know, the you know, gay rights and all. That's the other thing. Because there's a correct whole them. campaign. Yeah, correct someone immediately. Because hockey players, mm-hmm. or most sport athletes, but particularly hockey players, when they're on that rink, they'll say anything. Yeah. They'll say anything to a player just to get in their mind, Mm -hmm. and they'll do anything. So, yeah, so correct someone immediately when they make a statement. Those are the small things that individuals can do on a regular basis. And for the more long-term, you know, solutions, it's like, like I said, take that pledge, get in contact with us. And like I said, because we'll be and have and continue to be in touch with our newsletter um, with everyone who has signed up in our digest and giving more information like as things come about, because we're holding self-care panels, like all month of February, we've been doing self-care Sunday uh, because it's, we need well, everything. The last one is uh, tomorrow. I mean, today. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah. And, well, and actually my show, my show comes on. So it's today for those in Colorado because they'll hear this tomorrow. So, Oh yeah. This is the last mm-hmm. day. And <laughs> yeah. So it's, all those, you know, just creating different events for every month and just being in touch. And so linking up with us so that you can stay in touch with us is, is the best way to, to get involved in donating as well. Because, like I said, our scholarships, the attendees, are, are, they are our why. They are why we do this. So if you go to blackgirlhockeyclub.org, you'll find all the information for how to donate 
um, meet our team, see everything about our programs, and take the pledge there. That is great. And I just, you know, I could talk to you, Dr. Singleton, all day. Cause <laughs> I want to get you back on to talk about your degree and what you do as far as media. Sure. That's a whole that's a whole different subject. Mm-hmm. Uh, same subject, but it's a whole different thing. Sure. And it's, you know, reading your bio is like, wow, you know, I got to devote mm-hmm. some time to that at some point. So, again, give Absolutely. them, you know, how they can contact, how folks can contact you in the organization. Sure. For Black Girl Hockey Club, it's uh, blackgirlhockeyclub.org. And for myself, it's tanishasingleton.com. Or you can find me on Twitter, which is where I'm much more active. And it is at T Singleton Says on Twitter. And also on LinkedIn, right. full name, Tanisha Singleton. Oh, you're on LinkedIn? You're one of the last people on there. <laughs> yeah, basically. Somebody's on LinkedIn. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like Twitter and like, what's your handle? It's like, it's that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I finally went into LinkedIn uh, earlier this week because I kept getting messages. I said, I don't go on there anymore. Yeah, I just wanted I to see what people it's randomly. Yeah. Yeah, I get emails and I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot I should update that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, people are congratulating me for a job I did seven years ago. Right. I was like, oh, okay, well, whatever, you know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, Dr. Singleton, thank you so much for coming on. I got to have you back on because I want to talk about just your degree and the other things you do. And I, I want to talk to you also about boxing at some point. Hey, let's do it. Anytime. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much. And you just stay safe and I just wish you so much. And anything I can do to help, just let me know. Just thank you again. You just take care. Much appreciated. And same to you. All right. Take care. And again, that was uh, Dr. Tanisha Singleton. She's with Black Girls Hockey Club. And that's a wonderful, I mean, that's you got to sign that pledge. I hope you sign that pledge out there and join in and just get into the sport and just, you know, because you don't have to play, but you can do other things, as Dr. Singleton was saying. But I'm going to play right now since, you know, a lot of people say, it was too cold to play hockey and all that. You know, I don't like going out there, but or looking at a game. Um, I'm going to play right now. Sonny Boy Williamson. And actually, I experienced this in Des Moines. Um, a couple of weeks ago, Nine Below Zero. This is the name of the song. So let's hear Sonny Boy Williamson on the Root and Root Show.
give all my money, all of my loving, and everything.
song. We got a little bit of snap, crackle, and pop at the end of that song. A little got dust off the uh, player here. But anyway, that was the one and only James Brown with Bootsy Collins, the teenage Bootsy Collins on bass. And that was Got to Move on the Root and Root Show. And I'm your host, Greg Rashid. And before that, we did the new one with Coffee and Buju Banton. That was Pressure. And they were talking about the pandemic and what's going on, isolation, and people are, everyone's under, throughout the world under a lot of pressure. And we started to set off with a Sonny Boy Williamson, and that was nine below zero. You don't want to go through that, but I went through it. Went through minus, minus 22 below zero here. But anyway, hope you enjoyed that as well as my guests. I really enjoyed my guests today. And that was Dr. Tanisha Singleton, who is with the group Black Girls Hockey Club. And I want you, I don't say I hope you will, Please go on to that site, blackgirlshockeyclub.org, find that petition, become a part of the organization, because it works not only with just black girls, but everyone, you know, trying to bring changes to hockey, both professionally, amateur hockey, and just in general. You don't have to be a hockey player. You don't have to skate or anything, but you can do your part. And they're doing a great job, and please sign up and join them. And we're going to, like I said, I'm going to have Dr. Singleton on here again at some point to talk about just her profession because it's a, it's a fascinating, you know, she's just fascinating. So I'm just happy to have her on and just happy to have you. All over the world. I mentioned many times the folks that listen to my show throughout the world, but we're all going through this pandemic right now. Some of us, like Australia, they're in lockdown right now and parts of Britain, parts of, um, I think uh, Spain is still under, parts of it under lockdown. Brazil, just places, you know, my place, Thailand, there are places in Thailand. Struggle that's going on there, but everyone is going through it right now, this pandemic. In your community, in your neighborhood, wherever you are, you have someone, especially here, if you can like, donate your time and help get groceries, laundry, shoveling snow, cutting grass. If you're in a warmer climate, wherever you are, you know, picking up trash, whatever you can do to help that senior, that, that would be great. And also, if you can help a young child, because still there's so many children in this world right now who can't go back to school right now. And I found, I saw this article the other day in the Washington Post where a lot of children in, the, you know, in this country who have been allowed to go back to school, they've disappeared in the sense that nobody, you know, the, schools, the school systems in different counties throughout the country cannot track some folks because they, they have dropped out completely. They don't want to go back to school. And so that's a whole different subject. It's a, something I have to work on a future show. But, you know, there are a lot of children that need help right now. A lot of children who don't have tablets, a computer, laptop, desktop. So if you have one that you can donate or buy for a child in your community, if you can help them as far as pay for Wi-Fi, you know, if you can do something, that would really be greatly appreciated. So, you know, because we got to pitch in and we got to all work together right now at this time. You know, we can't just play around and say, well, this, you know, this is, you know, this is this group doing this. It's not everyone's being affected right now. 
no matter what race, no matter your gender, everything, your so your sexual orientation, no matter who you are, how tall, how short, how young or old, we're all being affected by the pandemic. So do your part in your own, you know, in your own way. But keep safe, wear your mask, do what you can. But again, this is Greg Rasheed. I, again, I got to thank uh, Dr. Tanisha Singleton for being on here with Black Girls Hockey Club. But we'll be back next time on the Root Root Show. So I want to say go in love and go in peace. And we will see you next time. Take care and bump somebody's uh, elbow. Can't hug them right now. But if you can't hug someone, please do. But just show your love and show some respect to folks and just know that, you know, that we're all in it together. So take care. Love you. Take care. We'll see you next time on the Root and Root Show. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. And remember, spread the knowledge, share the power.